Okay, so I want to just bring a short uh, reflection to us, a message for us all this morning. I hope you're enjoying the fire. I hope it's uh, keeping you warm. Uh, I know it's helping me out quite a bit here. Um, but, you know, if, if you uh, were the recipient of one of our Advent bags, you may have noticed we had four ornaments in there, the hope, love, joy, and peace that all correspond with the Sundays of Advent. But then there were two other ornaments in there. Do you know what they were? There's Noel and there is faith. Now the Noel one works really well for Christmas because Noel simply means Christmas. When we sing the first Noel as singing of the first Christmas when Christ came. Uh, so that's a great ornament to put up at Christmas on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day. But then the last ornament, there isn't a corresponding uh, Sunday of Advent, at least in our faith tradition, uh, that goes along with that. And that ornament's this one right here. It's faith. See that? It's the faith ornament. And I looked at this, I considered this, and reflecting, what are we going to talk about this Sunday? And I think it was Allison, actually, who said, you know what? You have that last ornament, faith. And it all clicked. I said, yeah, faith. We're ending this year. We should probably talk about faith. We're beginning a new year. We should probably reflect on faith. So... I'd like us to consider that together today. We're going to consider that together by considering Mary and Joseph and their life and the unexpected journey that they had throughout their life. And it all changed when they were each visited by an angel. If you remember, Mary, Gabriel came and relayed this message directly to her from God. This is what Gabriel said to, to Mary. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. That's Luke 1, 28 and 31 through 32. Think about Mary, who tries to wrap her head around this. She recognizes that everything she had ever thought about her future, it was forever changed. <laughs> Clearly, there was a lot for her to be excited about with this news of the angel coming, but frankly, she had to let go of so many of her own ideas of how her life was going to play out because it was going to be forever different. And in one incredible act of submission, Mary responds, as it says in Luke 1, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. See, Mary's submission, it reveals and expands upon a life of deep faith in the face of the unknown. So Mary goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth, who has an incredible tale of her own to tell. She was expecting John the Baptist, and an angel visited her, Gabriel, uh, with amazing news, and Zechariah goes through quite the experience as well. But that uh, visit for Mary kind of confirms God's active work in their midst. She returns after three months. She stays with her for three months and returns. And so we then consider Joseph. Joseph learns that Mary's pregnant. They were engaged, had not been together, and so what most men of that day and age would do if you learn your uh, fiancé, your betrothed, is pregnant, uh, 
common at that time was to publicly shame and humiliate your betrothed. In fact, you could even you know, have a lawsuit against her. It could get really bad, really ugly, really quick. But Joseph, before even knowing what God was up to, or learning that Mary had in fact not been unfaithful, but actually deeply faithful, he prepared to quietly separate himself from Mary, as it says in Matthew 1, 18-19. When Jesus' mother Mary was going to be married to Joseph, before they came together, the discovery had been made that she was with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being an upright man, it says, and not desiring to make her a public example, had a mind to break their engagement privately. So culturally, that was an incredibly kind and caring and honorable act. And we learn that Joseph, he is a man of honor, of humility, of faith. And once he learned the truth by, oh, you know it, an angel of the Lord, he recognized his life was forever going to be different than what he had thought or had planned. Everything changed, everything pivoted in a moment. But what did he do? He treated Mary kindly, and he remained faithfully by her side. We don't get a whole lot of mention of Joseph uh, throughout the Gospels. Now, he likely died before Jesus began his public ministry. That's kind of the most commonly thought of um, um, idea of why we don't hear of him. And it's, it's a, a reasonable assumption for us to draw to, or conclusion, I should say, for us to draw. But Jesus, if you pay attention to his teachings, he often refers to God as a father, that he is like a loving father. And many scholars believe that Jesus is not just pointing to God's incredible father-like love and care and instruction and guidance and compassion, but he's also drawing from his human experience of his human father figure in Joseph. What a beautiful honoring of him as well. And so Mary and Joseph remain together. We know of their journey to Bethlehem. We know that they have the most ordinary and yet extraordinary birth story for the newborn King of Kings, Christ Jesus arrives. They faithfully care for this child. The shepherds visit them, and sometime later the wise men come and worship Jesus. They bring him royal gifts. And Mary, with the joint love of her child and love of her Savior, she stores up all these things in her heart. Now an angel appears to Joseph instructing him to journey to Egypt, to flee Herod's wrath, and to trust God's leading. Joseph has had experienced God's faithfulness before, and he believed that God will be faithful again. So what does Joseph do? He obeys. He does as the angel asks. And what do you know? A prophecy was fulfilled. Getting comfy, Henry? <laughs> that works. So that, oh, you're, you're moving my mouse. So I'll move my mouse. How about that? There we go. All right. Well, you see the angel. What were we talking about? The angel. Joseph. Joseph and the angel. The angel appeared again to Joseph. So this is the third time now an angel has appeared to Joseph. When Herod is dead, this angel shows up to instruct them that they can return to Israel. And so Jace, Joseph with faith and in faith he obeys and so the angel again oh one more time appears to joseph 
to warn him not to go back to Bethlehem or the surrounding areas. So what do they do? They move to Nazareth, again fulfilling another prophecy of the Lord, because in his faith and his trust of God, Joseph obeyed. If we fast forward now to Jesus, he begins his ministry some 30 years later. Mary has uh, this incredible little experience with Jesus and Cana at a wedding feast. And you know this story. It is Jesus's first public um, act uh, of a miracle. And the wine is run out and Mary instructs them, hey, 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 do what this man tells you. Do anything this man tells you. The man she's referring to, of course, being her son, Jesus, saying, he'll take care of this. Jesus then goes on and changes 150 gallons of water into wine. But Mary, all the while, had complete faith that her son, whom she has raised, whom she has witnessed, who she has lived with for 30-some years, would take care of this. And he did. And then later, we see Mary present as Jesus teaches. She pops up a couple different times, even during some very difficult teachings. Difficult teachings that would be hard for just an earthly mother to hear, such as, who is my mother and my brother and my sisters, but all of you who believe and follow me. When he redefines family that is broader than just our blood, and she was present, and yet she persisted in faith with him. And then we see her at the cross, and Jesus is still taking care of her in that way. And then what do we see? That after Christ's death, his resurrection, his ascension to heaven, we find Mary with other faithful followers of the Lord, praying together. It says in Acts 1.14 that Jesus' disciples all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, and with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So if you think of Mary, the framing we have of her, we are introduced to Mary when an angel tells her she would miraculously conceive and give birth to the promised Messiah. And at the Bible's last mention of her, Mary is left in our memories in faithful prayer to God, awaiting her son's return. Mary and Joseph's entire lives had played out in the most unexpected way. It was filled with trial and tribulation as well. Think of the early years of all the unknowns of having to move, of the threat on Jesus and their lives, having to follow God's lead in faith. Think of Mary with the concern of a mother having to watch her Savior grow, teach, instruct, gain a following, but also gain opponents. And there are plots to kill and destroy him, and ultimately he is tortured he is killed, he is destroyed. And she witnesses this. She stands by him through this. There was nothing easy about their life journey. And yet, in the face of the unexpected, we know we can choose our own path, try and carve our own way through this life, do the best we can and just make it through and here we go. Or, we can submit to the path that God has placed before us, trusting that he has been faithful. And so we know and believe he will be faithful. See, as we step forward in submission, as we have the opportunity to trust, then we ourselves grow in our faith. 
and as we grow in our faith, we see a longer trail of God's faithfulness behind us, and we can look ahead on the horizon and trust he will continue to be faithful. And just as Mary and Joseph had an unexpected journey, we have all been on an unexpected journey this year. The very thing that propelled Mary and Joseph through their lives, it's also the very thing that propelled us all forward this past year. And if you had to guess what it was, I think you probably figured it out by now. It's this little thing, it's not so little, honestly, called faith. Without faith, what else is there for us to cling to? With faith, we can endure through anything because our faith is found in the one who left heaven for us. The one who entered the grave for us and looked death in the eyes and said, I don't think so. And then he rose again for us and invites us to rise with him. And so whatever journey we must go through in this life, no matter how hard or how many scars it gives us, we can step forward in faith, trusting that the one whom we call Christ the one who we serve, the one who gave us life and sustains our breath, journeys along with us. I have some good news for us, friends. 2020 is actually going to come to an end. It's going to happen. Maybe I, I don't want to jinx us. I suppose we have a few more days to get through, but all signs are pointing to this year coming to an end. And so 2021 on the horizon, and it might be better. It also could be worse. We have no promise one way or the other. I hope, I pray, I long for it to be better. I even believe it will be. There are already signs of good things happening so that it will be. But right now, we truly don't know. None of us do. But what we do have is an opportunity to double down once again on our faith, to place our faith in a good and gracious God. He brought us through 2020. Our faith brought us through. It grounded us. It kept us centered. And the hardships and the trials and the fires of this year, what did we learn? But that what is most important to us and central to that is our faith and our everlasting God. And what will carry us through will propel us through, will sustain us through whatever the year ahead brings, but our faith. Because our God is good. He is with us. He is for us. And he will see us through this year. And so it's my encouragement for us that as we embark on this journey ahead into a new year that is filled with unknowns and uncertainties, truly an unexpected journey that, uh, hopefully will be as fun as Bilbo's and not as dangerous for the Hobbit fans out there. As we embark on this journey, our Savior knows what lies ahead of us. He knows how to carry us through it, and he will see us through it. And so we will journey together in faith, trusting that God is good, he is in control, and he is working all things together for the good of those who love and trust him. I believe this year is going to be a good one for us. I believe this year behind us, though incredibly difficult, was a good year for us. So let us set our eyes on the one to whom we have our faith. 
and be surprised when he shows up in the most unexpected of ways. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you that you are sure, that you are solid, and that in you our faith is secure. We give you thanks that you have saved us from death and you raised us again with new life. And since we have gone through that journey, we can go through any journey this, this life brings us. Lord, we want to admit and acknowledge and confess before you the ways we have not fed our faith this year. We know that you know of our struggles. We know that you know of our shortcomings. And we know that you love us all the same. And so as we consider the ways we've fallen short, God, we want to again renew before you today our faith in you. We pray, Lord, through the power of your spirit that you guide us forward into this year, that you surprise us in new ways of how we might be able to step closer to you this year. And Lord, we pray that it is a year that is grounded in your faith, but one that also grows our faith. We thank you for the work you've done this past year. We pray that as we look back, we won't just see the bad, but we'll see the ways you have pruned us and have forged us and created us into a stronger uh, image and reflection of you and your love. Help us shine that forward in the year ahead, the days ahead, the hours ahead, Lord, as we go from this place to be your light bringers in this world. We love you, God. We thank you. We praise you. As in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I thank you for joining us for worship today. Thank you for joining me in my home. This is uh, the first time I've ever worshipped in a robe or preached in a robe. Wouldn't mind if it wasn't the last time. I'm very comfortable. <laughs> but uh, I hope you all had fun, but also that um, you were encouraged and blessed through our time together. If you have a faith ornament, I encourage you to place it upon your tree. If you still have your tree up, I'm going to try and place mine here now. I don't know if you can see that, but I need to show you this because this is incredible. This was not staged, I promise. Okay. Where is it? There's a hope ornament up there somewhere. Do you see it? Right by the red joy. And faith landed on the tree. Look at that. That is awesome. That might be the coolest thing I've ever caught on film. <laughs> Before we go, or as we go, actually, I want to send you with God's blessing. May the love of God the Father, the peace of Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now as you journey forward into a new year with faith. Amen. Thank you, friends. Have an amazing week ahead. I will see you all next year. Had to. Bye.